You're listening to Paco Radio, brought to you by Senol on FNR, Football Nation Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of Paco Radio here on FNR. Thank you for joining us this week. It's We've been away for a little bit, but we always come back and we always have some really great content waiting for everybody else and we appreciate you joining us. I'm Pekua Frimpong and I'm lucky enough to be joined by the under-15s coaches. Uh, I'm joined by Jim Histophoridis and uh, Con Lakakis. See, I'm, I was trying to work on that. I was, you know, building up the to say it per- correctly, and I feel like I got I got a decent you decent did, way with it. You did really well. Well I'm, done. I'm, I'm happy with that. Obviously, under 15s coaches uh, with the MPL, the boys. How did you guys get there, and how the co- coaching journey, and what's it been like this season? Um, well, this is my uh, second year at Pasco Vale. Um, I was lucky enough to be given the opportunity to join Marco in the under-14s last year as an assistant um, and worked closely with him. Uh, then I decided to put my hand up for the under-15s this year and it's been a, a really good journey with my friend over here, Con, who I've known for over 20 years. Um, prior to that, I've been, I've been always involved in football. From the age of 16, I started playing football. Before that, obviously, I played a bit of um, AFL and a basketball um, at a comp- competitive level, but football's always been my passion. Um, played for over 20 years. Co- I've been coaching for over 10 now um, and, and, and really enjoy it. It's a, it's a sport that brings people together. Um, you, you just have to look on any given day at, uh, on a Sunday at, at Pascoval, boys running around smiling, you know, doing their thing and, you know, in the zone. So, we love it, and that's why we're involved, um, and I think we'll be involved for a very long time. It's something that seems beautiful about football is that the ability of just connecting so many different people from so many different backgrounds and finding themselves and finding their playing style, but you know, ultimately having finding a community, and that's what football ultimately is, and it's, it's beautiful to see that at Pasco Vale. Con, for you and your football journey, it, obviously you with this man, but... How did you get to, to Pascavale as well? Well, the truth is I had no intention of getting <laughs> to Pascavale. I live close to Pascavale. I'm in Oak Park. That's about as much as yeah. I knew of Pascavale. But Jim has been a very, very dear friend and I've got a very, very strong relationship with his son. So Jim approached me and said, would you like to do the strength and conditioning, come on board, uh, be a... I think I liked it because he he didn't just want me to be an assistant. He actually wanted me to throw a little bit of uh, confusion and chaos his way. (laughs) Nice. So he then would think about things a little bit differently because sometimes as a head coach, I would imagine you get really myopic, closed in, you know, really intense. So as I'm a little bit older than Jim, it was good for me because I've always been in the lead position. So for me to step back, that's great development for me. So help with the strength and conditioning. And then if I see things, I throw them out to Jim and then he, he can do with them what he likes, which is, yeah, I think it's worked quite well. I think, I think it's probably been the best thing I've done in years in regards to my coaching. Um, I look to Con for a different view. Uh, he's got a lot of experience in football and I often go to him during game, game situations and game times where you know, things aren't going so well. 
and I throw things at him. He throws things. He throws things at me, and we work out, you know, and we try something different. And I really do appreciate the fact that he's on board this year. How do you? As a you know, how do you find your voice as a coach? Because as a player, you know, it's, the balls are your feet. You you find your instincts and your natural things like that. But as a coach, it's something that you've even if you understand the game well, to teach it to other people is a whole nother thing. How do you find your coaching voice? Well, I, for those of you that don't know, both of us are teachers. Um, and I've, oh, been that te- helps. I've been teaching for over 20 years. And Con, how, how long have you been teaching? Yeah, 30. 30 years. So we've got that experience behind us. And I think the fact that Con's a secondary school teacher, and this is probably the age group, you know, the middle years, year nine, year 10, he's got a lot of experience in that area. Um, I've done a lot of work with Con and the, and the secondary school, which is just down the road from my primary school. I'm a PE teacher. Yeah. Con's a PE teacher at his secondary school. And um, all the experience we've got doing our, our, our main job has definitely helped us um, as coaches. Do you, do you find that like you'll, you'll, you'll have different situations that are mimics from your work to, to when you're coaching the boys um, out there on like a Tuesday or Thursday night when you're with them? Most definitely, most definitely. And we've tried to bring in things from work. Um, into our, our coaching style and, and strategies that we do use at school in order to empower these, these young boys who are, who are you know, experience cha- experiencing change at their, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old. So they're going through a bit of change. Um, and our, our goal is basically that, to empower them, to educate, to give them all the tools and let them go. When you finish, when you finish playing, uh, you, if some people find it, they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Was coaching always like, I'm going to go into coaching? I, I, I have to do it. Did you want to go? Oh, look, I, I still like to think that I got a good 15 minutes in me <laughs> at, at, at a reasonable level. But I think we're both communicators. So Jim comes from the primary school setting. And, and when I get the students, because I get a lot of gym students coming to secondary oh, school, nice. said, we're next door, literally. And they say to me, they they refer to Jim as Mr. H. Yeah. They go, are you and Mr. H brothers? <laughs> and I go, we're pretty close. We're pretty close. So we've got that, that communication. And I think um, teaching and coaching in the West um, has, has created in us a, a real passion and purpose. And then to take it to a, to a club like Pascaval and, and – the kids are quite privileged. They've got a really, really um, wonderful parent communities, etc. And for us, it's all about fostering, fostering that, using our communication. And sometimes we've got to be hard. We, yeah. we, we take that role because I think Jim and I are really passionate about, okay, football's important, but being a functional, respectful member of your community and family is the most important. And we won't compromise our set of values and principles. I think that's the underlying um, thing that I really, really love about Jim and I then support him 100%. See, that that's something that I really love because I think that obviously football is a community and if you create great people in that community, your community gets better as you go along. How do you instill that? What are the things that you do on a week-to-week basis that you're making sure that group is connected and making sure they're looking out for their teammate and, and always engaged in the group? Um, we've set up quite a few things. We've got our own player-coach WhatsApp group going um, and communication goes through that pretty much all the time. Um, they've got their own banter page, obviously, as players, <laughs> and we don't get involved in that. But um, look, we at the MPL level, I mean, we've got to remember that these kids are only 15 years of age, right? And sometimes I personally, and I'm sure Con's of a similar 
way. We we get carried away with the fact that we're coaching NPL yep. and blah blah. These these boys are our group. We are so proud of our boys. They have come such a long way. I mean, Con didn't get an opportunity to see them last year. Marco did a lot of good work with these boys, and 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 if you look at the results. And it's not all about results. We look at the progress from the start of last year to the end of last year. It was like chalk and cheese. They had improved so much. And I, I honestly think, and I'm very confident in saying this, that they've, they've taken the next step. Um, how do we do it? I think we give, we give our boys voice, you know, and, and, and if you think about it, you know, everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to have, have a voice um, and we empower these boys and we, and we say to them, if you've got something to say, if, you, if you're not sure about something or you're questioning something that we're trying to implement, feel free to talk. Yep. You know, this is not just us here barking orders. This is a, a group situation and, and we want you in, involved um, and, 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 you know, be open and honest. And, and if I'm being honest, we've had some robust conversations yep. with these boys. There are times where we've sat down and said, it's not acceptable, you know. We did not give a hundred percent effort, blah blah blah, you know. And they're they're open to the, this feedback, you know. We're we're not we're not about giving a yeah. uh, participation certificates. <laughs> we're about you know getting these boys playing at their best within the rules of the game and and guiding them down a certain path. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, it all starts with a great foundation. And, and Pascavale is a club. It's really family oriented. And is that is that something that's really helped that group? You know, go even further. Most definitely. I mean, I've been, I've been around a lot of clubs. Um, I can honestly say that Pascal Val is, I'm not going to say the best club I've been to. I don't like to use that type of term. But from the day that I walked into Pascal Val, I felt a part of the group. Yeah. Um, and, and it's exactly what you said. It's about family. You know, you walk in, you see Athena, the first person, she greets you <laughs> with a big smile. You know, Lou, Vinko, you know, Jimmy, all beautiful people, family values, you know, and that's what we're about. So, And... I think that's something about family and, and that group. And you think about some of these successful football programs all around the world, their juniors to their seniors, it's all re- very connected. Is that something that you felt at Pascavale in terms of maybe the the style of play is similar throughout or just the, the, the vibe is that to make it easier as they go, uh, as they move up or, or less so? I think there is a bit, a bit of connection. I think we can definitely get better in that area. Um if we look at our 14s, 15s, 16s and 18s, there are similarities, but there are also a lot of differences. Um, and, you know, seeing it firsthand, the, the boys in the 14s are doing a brilliant job. Our, our under-14s coach is brilliant, Sonny. Um, in the 16s, we've got Joe, who's done a magnificent job with his group. And the 18s, they're, they're, they're on top of the table. Yeah. They're smashing it. They're doing really well. So, you know, we, ha- we often have conversations, probably not enough, conversations but we do get together at times and have a bit of a chat and it's great to pick you know their brains and you know see where they're at so no absolutely I wanted to ask because I'm always fascinated about this how is it coaches do you balance between allowing a player to have their individuality because I think Mm -hmm. it's so important to see players have their own bits of flair but also playing within that team structure how do you guys find the balance yeah I might I might jump in here one of the things that both Jim and I do is the is the mantra of them feeling free to take risks. Definitely within the given game plan, but also be courageous enough to take risks. And the big thing is not to fear failure, but to welcome it. And and 
failure gives us learnings and teachings which we both use and encourage and the boys are still learning this i think they come from a society which very much uses um, the literacy around failure in, in totally wrong um, fashion so for us it is be brave take risks enjoy yourselves and and we never want them to forget why they're why they're sacrificing, you know, three nights a week, long pre-seasons, all the stuff that I make them do, with, which is hurting. You know, it hurts a lot to, to hold planks in between sprints, etc. So they need to have just fun sometimes. And we need to tell each other, what were we doing when we were 15, right? And it is so professional now because I've been out of formalised junior football for many, many decades. The one thing that I kept on saying to Jim was, man, you guys are – Serious, right? Because we used to rock up, <laughs> kick a ball around, have a game, show up, and then play. Yeah. And we've just got so many structures in place. And I, uh, Jim also forgot to talk about our wellness forms that we've got, where the kids give us feedback oh, wow. about their their sleep patterns, about their um, fatigue, about a whole host of things with diet, nutrition. So they're the other little things that we put in there to give the, a holistic approach to what we're trying to do. Now, how do you come up with that? Because I don't think that every coach in the MPL from whatever age range is caring about the, the holistic approach to that. How, do you guys, how did you guys find that as something that would work with this group that you have? Um, to be honest, when I was, I was an assistant coach at the Northern Falcons, um, recently I, I was privileged enough to work with a guy called Khan and um, George Jalewski, who played uh, for Australia and played for Marconi Stallions and other yeah. big clubs. Um, and these things were implemented at, at the senior level, and we sort of refined it for to, to, to apply work, to yeah. the to the younger boys. Um, and we feel so. So what happens is they'll play their game on a Sunday, and then the first session back is the Tuesday, and the first thing they do is their wellness forms. So if we see that they're um, scoring low in a particular area, we know there's a conversation to be yeah. had with that player. If they're you know scoring high, we know not to not to worry about you know having that conversation. Um, we've also introduced uh, football in journals. Okay. So basically, and, and you know, we train three nights a week. We play on a Sunday. We don't always get the opportunity to use these journals, but we do. We do use them quite often, and it's an opportunity for the players to reflect on their own their own game on the weekend, but also reflect on the team and how they're going. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, they set goals at the start of the year. Um, we reach the mid range point. So round 11, and then we had like a parent-teacher interview oh, wow. type thing. Yeah. So we, so Con and <laughs> The I players said, are a fan of that? Yeah, uh, not really, but uh, it had to be done. We were very comfortable in that environment, Correct. by the way. <laughs> Correct. Um, and we sat with the parents and the player, and we spoke about their goals and, and where we see them and where we want them to get. And I think uh, these conversations, I think, are really important. Um, there's transparency there, you know. I don't, one thing I don't like is, you know, when people talk behind the scenes, yeah. I like everything to be put on the table. And if there's a question, for example, by a parent, I want them to be comfortable to come and speak to myself or Con, right? Because I've been on that side. And when, and when things aren't happening for your child, you often question things, yeah. you know? And if we're there for them and we have these conversations, then I think everything works smoothly. Is that the key to a successful uh, junior program where the parents are all, everyone that's all copacetic, everything is calm and everybody's on the same boat rowing this exact same way? Yeah, look, look, I, I think they're one of our um, key players. Our, our parents are incredibly important and to think that uh, we, we have the privilege and opportunity to be working with their child 
obviously we want them as allies. We don't want them creating problems for us, but also we want them to feel about that about us and for them to be comfortable enough to come to us with concerns. Because let's face it, um, it's, it's not cheap today for kids to participate in this sport. So there has to also be an economic um, rationale. You know, there needs to be value um, for, for what parents are working really hard to provide for their children. So for us, it's communication, 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 and calm, effective, yep. and giving information that can be used both by the parents and then giving us information that we can use. So I think that's really important. No, it, it feels like you guys have, have got it. Now, you're telling me a lot, of, a lot of great things. As coaches, obviously, some things don't always work. Is there mm-hmm. something that you've tried and you've gone, I don't think we're going to try that again. It, it's, we might have to, to find a new way to, to think about that. I think sometimes, what, what I've seen, sometimes our intensity on the sidelines, both of us, <laughs> we, we have looked at each other and had conversations and sometimes said, you know what, we... There was one particular incident I used as an example. So we want the boys to problem solve. We want the boys to, to make decisions out there. And whatever happens for us then to reflect. And then sometimes we're barking. We're barking information and, <laughs> and, and, and orders. You know, we're getting frustrated. We, we get caught in the zone. And then we would look at each other and sometimes Jim would say to me and I would say to him, just let it evolve. Yeah. Let's, let's just be quiet. Let's just internalise our frustration at the moment. Let's see what they do. And then let's use that as the information at, on Tuesday night session. Yeah. So we, there are little things like that. We, we're so into it for the boys' sake. We just want them to have the best possible experience. Sometimes we just got to zip up and just <laughs> let it happen. And we're so, we're so passionate, you know, <laughs> and, and often you don't realise that you're so intense game day. Um, and... And Con has tapped me on the shoulder and said, oh, just let him go, let him go. And I'm like, you know what? He's right. Let him play. They're 15-year-old boys. Let them work it out for themselves. You know, there are times where they will need instructions, but, you know, let them go. All about developing that football mind. You know what we're going to do? We're going to take a quick app break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how the team's been going this year and just all the things that we've you've seen. And then we'll talk a little bit more about you guys as well, if that works. So... We're going to head to a quick ad break and we'll be back here for a little bit more of uh, Packer Radio. You're listening to Packer Radio, brought to you by Senol on FNR, Football Nation Radio. Hello and uh, you're listening to Packer Radio here on FNR. And uh, if you missed the first half, I've been talking to Jim Pistofridis and uh, Con Lakakis. And uh, we've been talking a little bit about the under-15s MPL uh, boys team and a lot, about, a lot actually about you guys and your coaching philosophy because I've, I'm fascinated by this holistic approach because is it hard to convince people that the, this is a good approach that's going to work? Because football for a long time has been coached one way. How is that, you know, trying to get people like, this is actually the right way, this is the way we need to go if we're going to get the best out of these players? So for me, it's about getting our players on board, getting the boys on board, um, getting them to believe in what we're talking about. Um, The reality is that the percentage of a player becoming a professional are really low, right? So we look at things a different way. Can we teach these boys how to play football? I think we can. But can we set them up for life, for them to be successful in life? Can we give them some tools they can use Anywhere in life, I think I think we can. Um, 
and that's 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 the way we approach it. Is it those when you having the when you get that first group in at the start of the year and you know they're all excited they they've got all these things about what they want the season to be they want to win the title obviously that's a really great thing but ultimately only one team is going to win it all. How do you how do you channel that and get them all into that right headspace to to go this is this season this is what we want we would like to get that but if it doesn't happen these are the other things that will be great accomplishments for us throughout the year. Mm. I'll look at it from the point of view that we do try and minimise the big picture. We try and get them to focus week by week, session by session. doesn't always work uh, in this immediate gratification yeah. generation. They, they always look up and try and look at the next game. Oh, if we win this. So It'll we, mean this yeah, and that. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we want to bring him back. We want to bring him back. And, and Jim does a great job at each training session. He's got focus areas, normally based on something that has happened during yeah. the game. So this, this is where we both come from. And Jim has just successfully completed his C licence and I'm in the process. So our whole thing is what happened on the weekend that either um, provides an opportunity for us to grow or we need to put in place certain things to improve that area. And and that's the focus. So keep it short, keep it simple for them, bring them back, bring them back. What are we doing? And then obviously celebrate. When we had those wins, it's great. We've got team songs. We've got, <laughs> you know, we let their social media l- yeah. little um, addictions be fed. And then Jim says, okay, you've enjoyed that. See you Tuesday. Normally starts with one of my sessions, which is a quick reality check. And then we, <laughs> we go again. How many times are they saying to you, enough? Can we just tell, we've just won on the weekend. Can we calm down the session today? Very hard because I always preface my sessions by saying, this is my gift to you. <laughs> of course. So they say, oh, thank you for the gift, Lukakis. Yeah. I appreciate it. But um, this season, how, was it, how has it been going with the boys? Obviously, not the main, not the thing that defines your season, but where are they sitting and how do you, how do you feel they've been progressing? Okay, so at the moment we're fifth, equal fifth. Um, I often, I, I look at the table, but more importantly, I look at growth. Again, I'll go back to where they were at the start of the year. We started off with a game against Port Melbourne um, where we got destroyed. We, got, we, we actually got destroyed six goals to three. And that was a bit of a reality check as to where we were at. The football we're playing today is off the charts compared to that day. Um, and to compare how we're playing today to last year, even though the, ch- the squad has changed a little bit, look, the growth is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if someone said to me at the start of the year, you, my goal was tier two, right, to make tier two. Internal goal, we, we spoke about it. We didn't speak to the players about it. They're probably hearing about it now. <laughs> but um, we, we, internally we said we want to be playing tier two. Um, we, we achieved that. Um, and we were one game off tier one. Yeah. And, and even that, had we not had injuries, we would have comfortably made tier one. So to go from tier three to tier two, be mid-table and be very competitive every single game, I think we're heading down the right path. Is that something that, you know, you can, you, can you see that change in the players when they're, when they're seeing these little things and they're seeing themselves get better week in and week out? Do you see it uh, like the next time they constantly the, – the, the gap between them getting better is just getting shorter and shorter because they're seeing these rewards of the things they're doing? Yeah, I feel they're definitely playing with a lot more confidence. 
the challenge to us is to get them playing, like to get them playing consistently yeah. in a certain way. They'll come in, they'll play, for example, they'll play one of the top sides and push them right to the end. And, you know, we had victory in the qualification phase. It was one off till the 60th minute, <laughs> you know, 10 minutes left and they scored two goals from set pieces. They came off the park and they're like, wow, look what we just did, yeah. right? Uh, last week we played Avondale, who were top of the table. Uh, or no, two weeks ago, um, and we pushed them right to the end. We we, we conceded off a penalty, yeah. but again, it shows us that we're capable of meeting, a, you know, matching the best. Um, it's just about bringing that consistency week in, week out. Because I feel, as Con said, they they're often looking at ladders. Mm. They're often talking on social media to players that go to their school, but we <laughs> play against, yep. and all that gets into their head. And they lose focus, right? They see a team near the bottom of the table. Oh, this week's yeah. going to be an easier game, and you you can't approach games like that, you know. So, and we also find sometimes when things aren't going their way because they're young men. I mean, they they they're developing themselves in so many different yeah. ways, emotionally, physically, psychologically. They fall back into into safe habits, yeah. but yeah. anti what we want habits because the big mantra the zone yeah absolutely yes. the big mantra from Jim is look we could we could sit back we we could form we could park the bus against these big teams and you know what we'll come away with a possible draw but Jim always says we want to play Paco football yeah. and Paco football is beautiful football when we when we play that football when they're knocking it around when they <laughs> when they're coming switching sides and and they're taking um they're taking risk. We love it, even if the result doesn't come. So every week, let's get back yeah. to that. Let's get back, not to this safe board just to get a result. So I love that about Jim, and, and that makes my, my job to get him fit and firing even uh, more challenging, yeah. And, and the thing is you want to treat, uh, teach them the right way. Yeah. You know, like we know of teams that sit back and absorb the pressure for, for 60 <laughs> minutes and then try and do a sucker punch goal, get a sucker punch goal. But, and we could have done that against victory, right? And mm and possibly lost 1-0, what would that have taught our boys? Yeah, Nothing. Right. You know, we want to teach them the right way. Um, we've got a long way to go. There's no doubt about it. We're not saying we're, you know, everything's yeah. working perfectly. Um, but, but you're that, on the path that you correct. want to be to get there. Yeah, they're showing great signs. And they're trying to play the right way. Is it happening every time? It's not. But over time, we're confident that it will happen. It's a scary proposition to, to face a team that, you know, on paper has got a stronger squad than you to play your brand of football. Is that a way you've always looked at coaching? Because it is quite scary, you know, for yourself and then also for the players because you've got to be very brave and you've got to stick to what you, you know, you've got to trust what you believe, but it's not the easiest thing sometimes. Look, coming from senior football, I I learned very quickly not not to change your style, right, particularly in junior football. Um, I look at the – we played a practice match against Bulleen who are probably one of the best in Victoria – in the age group and probably in all the junior age groups. And in the first half, I, I did park the bus. Yeah. You know, I thought, you know, let's try and get in, go into damage control. Maybe we can pinch one on the break. And uh, we were 3-0 down before, you know, I could blink. And then I thought, you know what, let's just play our style and press them and, and, and harass and play, you know, upbeat football. We ended up losing 5-2. But we, we in that second half, yeah, we asked great. them a lot of questions, you know, so – you and know, you learn a lot from those kinds of on. those yeah. kind of uh, situations. And is that the the balance as a football coach to put them in different situations, but that test them enough so they're able to learn, but not t- test them too much that it breaks their spirit? Is that how do you go about that? Yeah, and and again, it's it's going back to what they can control. 
you've got to give young men some pretty simple advice. Because if you think about things out of your control, sometimes the team show up and you and we see him in the warm up. They're looking across there, they're whispering, Oh, you know him and we bring him back. We always bring him back. So focus on what you can control, contest by contest. And this is and this is the language we keep on bringing him down to because each contest and effort, that's easy. I yeah. can I can control that. I can go to the next contest. It's a variable contest. that you yeah, know about. I can give 100% effort. I know that my, my brother to my left, my brother to my right is going to do the same thing. This is a good um, formula that we can work by. And as soon as they go away from their formula and they start looking half-time, full <laughs> games, next week, seasons, we bring them back. Because young men, they um, overcomplicate things. So our role as coaches and sometimes with each other Sometimes my sessions are over complicated, and Jim goes, "I think, man, you know, they're not they're not Olympic they're not going to get it. Or, yep. or we've got to bring it right down, you know. So yeah, keep it simple, and things we can control are oh, very important. Absolutely. And I want to ask about this squad that you have right now. Obviously, I'm assuming you've got lots of different personalities and things like that. What is what's the vibe like around that group? Is it such a like a fun? Are we laughing all the time? What, how are you? How's the vibe with that group? Uh, the banter's uh, it's on, <laughs> it's on, and they often give it to each other. Training, I'm like, boys, calm it down, you know. Like, we look, we don't want to take that away from them because again, it's if they're not having fun, they're not going to want to play football. So, a lot of our drills, we try and make them fun, but with with a goal, with a focus, right? Um, uh, I think we're a united group and I think we're all on the same same page mm-hmm. and I think we speak a common language. Um, um, and, and the things we're trying to implement, when, I, when we hear them screaming them out during training, we know, we know we've done something right. Like, Is that the most rewarding part most, when you, when you f- like realise that they get it, they yeah. understand it and we don't have to tell them how to do it. They know exactly what they need to do in that moment. Most definitely. I mean, uh, the perfect example was this week at training, we're focusing on recycling the football because on the weekend we found that we pumped the ball long down the, down the wing too many times. We watched yeah. the video, the VO, and we analysed that and we thought, you know what, we need to be a little bit more patient on the ball. At training, you, I'm hearing the boys going, recycle, you know, step, step back, pop out. But, so these are good signs. I, the communication on a football field, I, I want to just touch on that a little bit with players because I was, you know, doing commentary. Sometimes I hear some teams talking I, and sometimes you hear some teams not talk. I always find that the best teams are constantly, they're constantly going. They're constantly, somebody's always behind you saying, watch your back, there's a man that... Is that something you found with your team or is something that you need to they need to pick up a little bit more? You, you've hit on I, – I think our greatest challenge is that. I think our, our boys definitely don't talk enough. They're, whether they're a little bit shy, lacking confidence in that space, they definitely – sometimes Jim gets me to play on one of the nights and both of us are talkers, but I am just insanely on when it comes to the talking. So the boys see and hear – Yeah what I'm doing and hopefully they can model they, it. Yeah. When, when, when they are, um, they've got a, someone really tight on him and I'm just commentating that you've got a little bit room to your right, bring it out that way and recycle <laughs> yeah. it. So they're thinking this is another set of eyes. This yeah. is what we were talking about on the weekend. We either gain a player with our voice or we lose our player with our silence. And this is the type of stuff we try and get across. That's a, yeah, one of our big challenges. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, again, we need to remember that these boys are young boys yeah. and, and we're throwing a lot of new things at them 
like recycle the football. They've played. They've just come out of mini yeah. ruse, right, where they're pumping the ball long to a big striker who's holding the football up, turning and scoring. We're winning seven nil, and yeah, we've got a great side, right? But is that the reality of football? Yeah. It's not, right? So we're throwing all these different things at them and telling them to communicate in the right manner. You know, it, it, there's just so much going on. So I think we, it is an issue for our yeah. team, no doubt. I think we need to be patient, um, and I think as they get become more comfortable. I think they'll start using yeah, their voice. It more. is the thing that I've always noticed, this, the noticed the most, that getting more to the NPL and seeing games, I've realised the really great teams, they talk a lot yes. because they're, they're constantly looking out for each other and they're aware of where everything is on the pitch because it makes the game so much easier to see. Now, is there? you've got players in your team that obviously have ambitions to, to play you know, further up and maybe even play professional football. How do you go about, you know, Getting them, you know, getting them there and helping them, but also keeping them focused on today. Mm-hmm. They're playing under 15s right now. That is the goal. But we've got these little things that we've got to do along the way if that's what you want to do. Spot. And we, we encourage them. I mean, we want them all to want to become professional footballers, right? That's why they're playing NPL football. Yeah. If they weren't serious about their football, they'd be at a community club just having a kick, having a laugh, right? But we know... They've come to Pasco Vale or they've gone to the uh, next NPL club and they want, they want to be serious about their football. The, conversation that, the conversations that we have are, yeah, we're going to push you down this path. We're going to push you hard, but we also want you to focus on your studies, yeah. right? It's really important to have a balance, right? You need, obviously, you know, pursue your dreams, but your studies come first. Yeah. We've got some boys on the earth. Uh, the parents must be very happy with you. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if they're telling their parents that we're <laughs> yeah, having yeah. these conversations, yeah. but yeah. Um, but yeah, more recently we had some boys that had exams and they're like, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make it on Wednesday. I'm like, have the night off. It's fine. You've been working hard. Focus on your studies. Come back Friday. Done. Yeah. You know? As teachers, you must love that. Being like, hey, I need you guys to, to, to be focused when you come to yeah, school at on. least. Yeah, and we also ask them to ask for feedback. Yeah. So challenge us. Ask us, what, why am I not getting game time? Why did you sub me? And then we'll give you the reasons. And then you can go away and work on those reasons. So I think you've done that really well, Jim, giving them, giving them a platform where they, they feel safe enough, firstly, to be able to ask those questions. And also, like, they're at the age now where they, we're encouraging them to speak and not go through their parents, yeah. right? So they're 15, heading on to 16, don't get mum and dad to come and speak to us and say, oh, why is it my son? You come and ask us. Let's have that yeah. conversation. You're getting older. Start asking questions. Empower. You know, we want to empower these kids. You yeah, know, stand absolutely. up for you, what you think. Ask the question, what can I improve on? Why aren't I getting game time? You know, those types of questions. Absolutely. And I want to ask about, uh, as coaches, obviously you've got the game style that you want to play and you've got things like that. But how do you go about incorporating the things that the players are seeing on game day? They're, they're going... Maybe you've missed this and they're finding that this player, uh, one player, their direct opponent's doing this sort of thing. How do you go about maybe incorporating that or or maybe not and saying, okay, I, I see that, but this might work a little bit better. How do you go with those conversations on game day? So the perfect example is the, the recent game against Eltham. Um, both of us, we didn't pick up on something. The Eltham were overloading on one side, yeah. uh, particularly in the last 15 minutes of the first half. And one of the boys came to us, right? And he said, you know, this, this and this is happening. And we both looked at each other and we thought, you know what, let's see if they can work this out. And we threw the question back at them. So what what can we do in this situation? Instead of us solving the issue. And they had a conversation. They worked it out. Second half, it wasn't happening. They nullified that and it was on. 
you know. So that you know, must make you a, feel good as, yeah. as coaches when you when you know you throw a question at them and they're able to to figure it out. It might not you know go in a very quick period of time, but they're able to problem solve and go. We'll try this, maybe try this, and then find that right solution. Correct. And and, and for us, it's like we will try things. They may not always work, but. You know, if we do it, if we go at it again and again and again, it will happen eventually. Yeah. The, the key is patience. Everyone wants to win. Everyone wants to, you know, be on top of the table playing tier <laughs> It'd one. Be nice. Yeah, but the reality is that it takes time and it takes steps. And if we we do it consistently, it will happen in time. And with your you go about getting a group. How do you go each year about finding the right players for your squad? How does that actually work? I'll be honest, Con wasn't, Con wasn't there at the beginning yeah. when we were doing the trials. So I was lucky enough to obviously have seen this group in, in the under-14s yeah. phase. So I had a reasonable idea as to who I thought would, would be okay at the 15s level. Um, a few boys dropped off and went elsewhere, and that, that happens at NPL, as you probably know. Um, and then we had probably about 50-odd kids trialling. Oh, wow. Yeah. So – and – you know, you, you get a bit of you get their name, you get their club, their age. So we have a look at that, and then we we look at their preferred position, and we, and we play a game, and we just monitor, you know, how they're going. But I like to have a conversation with the with the player, with yeah. the, with with the child, um, and and get to know them, you know, in that way also, rather than just their footballing ability. Um, we are so lucky with our group that they're all on the same page, and we haven't got anyone going in a different direction. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'd be very hesitant to bring someone in that was a brilliant footballer, but one that could upset the I, This is the a, a, a very interesting point because we, on a, one of our other shows, we've got the State of Our Football Nation, we're speaking to Melbourne City's head of scouting. He's talked about how important it is to find good people. Mm. And that, you know, even if maybe their footballing ability is just a little bit less than somebody over there who's got some fantastic footballing ability, if their personality is like way if they're more coachable they mm-hmm. they understand they respect the group that's the player that they're going to get even if their skill might not be at the other person who might disrupt the group see i look at it a little bit different in that at this age i think they're all beautiful yeah. people mm. some children are more challenged than others and have got different circumstances at home right so if you get to know a child yeah. and 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 you create that relationship with that child I think in time that child will open up. And they'll trust you. And they'll trust you. And I think then they'll, they'll sort of, you know, follow the path that you're heading down. Um, and to say, like, and I've heard that before, you know, with other coaches, you know, I want coachable kids and I want the right kids and good kids. I find that a bit yeah. iffy. It can, you know limit, what I mean? it can just, certainly limit it does. the, op- it, the op- perspective because somebody might just, you know, they might be difficult at the start, but if once mm. you get to know them, yeah. they are fantastic for the group. They just need the space to to be able to build that trust and rapport with you. Most definitely. Trust is such a is such a difficult challenging thing because the players have got to earn your trust, but you've also got to earn their trust and have got to they've got to believe in you to be able to follow out your game plan. How do you guys go about that and building that relationship with the players? I guess from a strength and conditioning point of view, I've got to be I guess up with uh, best practice yep. for for these young men. So <clears throat> whenever I come up with a session, I try and explain the reason we're doing the session, what I'm trying to accomplish from the session, how hard it's going to be. And then I I sometimes do it with them, which yeah. give, gives me a little bit of kudos that, you know, if you sit back and you, you're just asking them to do this incredibly insane session, 
that's a bit tough. But they're looking you, at you, going, yeah, "You're making us do this. Why don't you come out, man?" To, to <laughs> sort of get us to do this. But sometimes I jump in and do it with them, and all of a sudden they think, "Oh wow, he's doing it with us. He's with do us." Do you see on the this. the morale of the yeah, team go yeah. up once you join in there with? So them? that's what I try and do. I try and lead by example, and then I really try to encourage effort. Not necessarily how well they're doing it, but if someone's giving me that 100% effort, I really wrap some praise around that because that's the thing I value most. I know Jim's got, you know, we both got our game plan, that, but for me, I know Paco Ball is high tempo, high effort. When we've got those two key criteria yeah. humming, I reckon there's very few teams that are going to um, get close to us. Yeah, And also, you, sp- you spoke about trust. I think it's... Um giving giving the the player time yeah. giving them your time and and as coaches i think we need to be able to understand that everyone's different and to approach different players in different ways right what i can say to you for example i can't say to con and and vice versa so you know it's it's about knowing your your squad and knowing what makes them tick and 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 using that to your you know benefit I know that some teams they love to have like they've got rituals as groups. Do you guys have any any sort of rituals at the moment, or a team song maybe that that's kind of the thing that's the theme of your team at the moment? So there's definitely they've got the Paco, the Paco song, song yeah. but yeah. also the um, the the Paco logo on the door and and slamming that before each game, like at Anfield. Yeah, exactly the, the same, yeah. and and that means game on, and we, we touch that. That means we suspend yeah. everything else. And now we focus on our role, our responsibility. So there, there are a couple of things that we're, we're starting to integrate. And, and a lot of our language, a lot of our language and the language that Jim and I use is really positive language. Even though sometimes it's challenging language, it's always positive. It's, there's never a hint of put down yeah, or, or aggression in, in a negative way. So that's really important. And we keep each other in check with, with our emotions, which yeah. is really important. And we like to be very structured. So we want, we want our players to know what's happening every yeah, step of absolutely. the way. So, for example, um, they know that on a Tuesday they'll come and do their wellness forms, right? And then they'll do their strength and conditioning. Then they'll be with do me. Do you find right? the routines help I the squads so. like so. build like consistency and yeah. habits? Mm-hmm, most definitely. They know on a Wednesday we, we analyse the game. We look at the VO, talk about what we could have done in certain instances. Yeah. And then we speak about the focus for the week. And they know that that's how it works. Then Friday we work on, you know, set pieces and a bit of, you know, game planning. But also on on the Saturday before the Sunday, the uh, the time before the Sunday, I, I will send out a game day itinerary. Yep. So they know, for example, they get to the ground at 10.30. They know it by t- between 10.30 and 10.45 they're doing their rollers and their stretch, stretch bands. Then at 10.50 they're out with Con doing yep. their strength and conditioning stuff. They're, you know, warming up. Then they'll be with me at 11.00. Till about ten past, you know, um, ball work, and then they know by by quarter past we're back in the rooms, last minute talk, and then they're on the field and they're on. So, I believe them knowing all that sort of sets them up for you know a yeah. positive outcome. It's much of life for you. The more you're able to know about what you're going to walk into, the more control and more the calmness that you feel. And calm footballers, I, I, I assume, would make the best footballers because they they're okay. And even when things get a little bit stressful, they go. I know what the game plan is. I can always rely on that. Yeah. And uh, before we, we head off, I want to ask, obviously you guys have got your own ambitions and your own goals and things like that. What, do you, what are they for you if you want to share them? Um, for me, I think 
in hindsight, I probably should have made this step a long, a long time ago. Probably, I would think four to five years ago. Um, I would have liked to have got into the MPL setup a long, uh, a lot earlier. Uh, my ambition is, I'll definitely go back into senior football in time. Yeah. But I'd like to stay in the MPL MPL setup for at least the next four to five years in the junior MPL setup, um, and then see where it takes me. I, I've definitely got ambitions to coach higher in regards to age. Yep. Um, and uh, we'll see how we go. And hopefully, Con and I can stay together and keep hey, forming. Dynamic duo. I, I like it. I feel like good things will come out of it. What about you, Con? Well, I love I love it at the moment because I'm learning from from my good friend here. And as you get older in life, it's fantastic to find opportunities yeah. to grow and learn. But I'm seeing sort of I'm seeing formalised football from an older head at the moment, and and the way that we use our, not only our footballers and their intellectual capital, but our parents and our communities and their intellectual capital, I think has got a long way to go. Like we have these parents who come and they support their children. They get really emotional. But (laughs) each one of those parents comes with a set of skills and is controlling workforces and industries and we sort of, as clubs, sometimes just push them to the side. We need and to say, embrace them and yeah, find. Yeah, we need to embrace our parents. I don't have the answer and how clubs can do that better. Paco definitely does it better from a point of view of um, inviting and making it feel comfortable, the values and the culture. But I think there's more to be done in that space. And I could see myself um, working with Paco with different clubs to try and maximise our our parents' involvement and that and that word culture, how can we get that even stronger? No, absolutely. I think that the next stage of getting great national team and, and great mm. things in Australian football is all starts with the juniors because if we set really good habits of juniors and learn great things about football and about who they are as footballers and their football identity and football brain, we get a great national team and we, we get that in the end. And I think you guys are doing a fantastic job and I really appreciate your time. And I, I would love to go have you guys back on because I it was a fascinating conversation. I learned a lot. So, Jim Christofaridis and Con Lakakis, thank you for joining me here on Paco Radio. Thank you for who've been watching and can obviously get it on the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and anything else. But uh, bye for now and we'll see you again on Paco Radio. You're listening to Paco Radio, brought to you by Senol on FNR, Football Nation Radio.